Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. This is the second Sunday of the blessed month of Missouri. This is the last month of the Coptic year. And um, the church wants to remind us at the end of this year, of the end of times, the end of our lives, and the second coming of Christ. So all the readings of this month are about the life of readiness uh, and being prepared for the coming of Christ. Last week was the parable of the wicked vine dressers, and it was about our response towards God's salvation. Uh, do we care about his salvation? And are we prepared for his coming? This week is about following the Lord, uh, and for the next two weeks is about doing his will and expecting his coming and the signs of his second coming. So today, this is the story of the calling of Levi, or Matthew, the tax collector. The Lord met him at the tax office, and he told him two words, follow me. So the gospel is telling us that, so he left all, rose up, and followed him. So simply, Levi, hearing the words of the Lord, follow me, he left everything and followed him. He didn't say, let me think about it. How about that you come back in a week and we can discuss this? Immediately, he took the decision and he followed the Lord. I would like to meditate today uh, by God's grace on the three actions that Levi took. He left all, he rose up, and he followed him. So to see uh, the response of Levi, we can also relate that to our lives. If God is asking us and is calling us every day to follow him, do we leave all, do we rise up, and do we follow him or not? First is he left all. He left all means that I'm, I'm, I try to imagine that Levi was sitting at a tax office surrounded by tons of papers and, and money, and he was so busy having a lot of people, long line in front of him coming to do their work. But he didn't care about all those things, and he just focused on the words of Christ saying, follow me. So he left all. And the expression to leave all, it doesn't mean that just the next day I will go and resign and, and leave everything and go and follow the Lord. This is the literal meaning of the verse. But to leave all means to be detached from the world and the love of the world. From the beginning, God cared about this. To implement the love of God in our hearts and to make sure that we love God from all the heart. And this was the first commandment. So man lived for thousands of years without a law. It was the natural law. And then when God decided to give the law to man, first commandment was, you shall love the Lord your God from all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Because at that time, people were worshiping the idols and they were distracted by so many things. So God wanted first to ensure that his people love him more than anything else or more than anyone else. And Christ, when he came in the New Testament, so this was the Old Testament statement, you shall love the Lord your God from all your heart and all your soul. In the New Testament, Christ, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said what? No one can serve two masters. So he wanted to emphasize that I cannot love God and love the world at the same time. 
It's not about the physical presence. It's not about being in the world. It's about the love of the world and the love of God. In the Catholic epistle today, and this is almost the, 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 the daily conclusion of, of this epistle, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So the Bible is telling us, if I love the world, the love of the Father, the love of God is not in my heart. Because how can I be attached to God and looking forward to be in his kingdom? And at the same time, my eyes are on earthly things and on the worldly pleasures. I cannot combine both at the same time. At a certain point, I will have to make the decision. I will have to choose. So a lot of times we try to do this and do that. I will try to love God. I'll try to grow in my spiritual life. And at the same time, I will try to fulfill my desires and worldly pleasures. But you know what? I cannot do both. And here is the, the thing, the balance between being su successful in this life and to glorify the name of God in this life and how to have our eyes on the heavenly kingdom. So God created us to do that. And he prayed to the Father saying, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them of the evil one. So God didn't want us to be taken away from the world. He wants us to be here and he created us for a reason. There is a purpose behind our presence in this world. But he wants us to live in this world without being defiled by the world. And when we say the world, we don't mean the people in the world because God wants us to love everyone. So the term world refers to evil, sin, desires, or bad desires, and all those things. So he's saying, do not love the bad things in the world. You still love the people in the world and live with them and love them, but keep yourself from being distracted from the love of God. And he identified three things. He told us, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The three major things or the three major sins that we can fall in. Because this world is passing away. Everything changes every day. But the will of God, the kingdom of God does not change. So Matthew or Levi did a very wise decision. He looked, I felt that he looked at the money, the people, and Christ. And in one moment, he made his decision. I will follow the Lord. If I keep sitting in this tax office for the rest of my life, maybe I'll collect a lot of money, but I will lose my eternal life. And we don't know what happened. Maybe he heard about Christ. He read something in, in, in the law of the Old Testament that made him to take that decision immediately. Immediately he left all, rose up and followed him. If we remember that a rich young man came to Christ and asked him, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So maybe that rich man was concerned about his eternity. So Christ answered him and told him the truth. If you want to be perfect, if you would like to go to heaven, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And we know that 
the response of the young man that he walked away and he was sad because he was expecting Christ to give him an answer that how he can have that balance between the love of the world and the love of God. But Christ told him the truth. We have to follow the Lord from all the heart. And the word to sell what we have, it means you need to be free of anything that preventing you from following the Lord. And the same words were heard four centuries later by St. Anthony. And he literally sold everything and followed the Lord. So this is the comparison of the response and the heart and how are we following the Lord. And in the same uh, chapter, he said, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. So he's speaking about two things, speaking about the earthly blessing and about the heavenly blessing. So if we read carefully this passage, we will understand something very important. The moment we sacrifice something for the sake of the love of Christ, he would give us a blessing here and also the heavenly blessing, which is the kingdom of heaven. So sometimes we say, I would like to give up something for God and I will wait for you know, the heavenly reward. And this is what we care about. But God out of his love wants to encourage us and to comfort our hearts with something so can, we can keep going. So he blesses us with something. Maybe it's an earthly blessing, a family blessing, something that we receive from his hand in order to glorify his name. So we know that he accepted our sacrifice. Everyone who decided to come to church on Sunday and not to sleep because for any, for any reason, Anyone who decided to open his Bible and to, to read the Word of God. Anyone who decided to serve others and to give time to help others. That person is blessed by God in this life and in the age to come. So the meaning of he left all, it means that he left the love of the world in order to be attached to Christ and to follow him wherever he went. The second point that he rose up. So why, why the Bible mentioned that small detail? He could have said, and he followed him. Simple as this. So he said, he rose up. To rise up means to repent. To experience the resurrection of Christ in our lives. So every time we fall in sin or we are distracted from the path of Christ, we fall into spiritual death but when we repent as if we wake up we were sleeping and we wake up we were dead and we rise with christ and those are the words of the bible when he said awake you who sleep arise from the dead and christ will give you light every time you sleep you are disconnected from the world for a period of time and then when you wake up and you follow what happened and you start to talk to people and check your phone and all those things, you are reconnected again to the surrounding environment. This is what happens when we sin. We are disconnected from God. And we need something to be connected with Him one more time. This is the feelings and emotions and the thoughts of repentance when we tell Him that we would like to be forgiven and to go back to the bosom of the Father. 
listen to the words of the Bible when he said, Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. So here, uh, the words Zion in Jerusalem, this is like the soul of you and me. Each and every one of us can see him or herself in this verse. Shake yourself from the dust of the worldly desires. Arise. I need to arise. I need to do something. Sit down. Loose yourself from the buns on your neck. So as if every time I'm, I'm not with God, I'm not with Christ, something is, is, is around my neck and I cannot breathe. I cannot be with him. I need to lose myself and to least to lose the the bonds of of sin around my neck so I can breathe and enjoy the presence of Christ. St. John Chrysostom said the following, if we were not passionately inclined to money or to vain glory, then we would not fear death or poverty. So, if I'm not attached to money or to vain glory, I won't fear death or poverty. We would not know enmity or hatred, and we would not suffer from the sorrows of ourselves or others. So sometimes the love of money brings other problems with it. And that's what the Bible said. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's the love of money, not the money itself. We can use the money as a gift from God's hands to glorify his name in so many ways in our lives. We can spend money in a wise way as if we're taking it from the hand of God and giving back to him. This is the way he wants us to do. He doesn't want us to take from the money from the hands of God and give it to the devil. So this way we are using it the wrong, the wrong way. When he rose up, he was freed from the bonds of the love of the world. Rising from sin is freedom from slavery. Christ, when he spoke about this, he said the following, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So every time we do something wrong, as if we are slaves of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And the son has made us free through his cross. On the cross, we were freed from the bondage of the enemy and the bonds of sin, and we became free. Free to go to heaven. And the moment I got baptized, this is the time I receive the ticket to the kingdom of heaven. But it's a journey. I need to start my journey with Christ. And he gives me an opportunity every single day to repent. And they say that repentance is the renewal of baptism. So I go back to the first status of being qualified to the kingdom of heaven. Then I fall again. The most important thing is to rise, to fall and to rise. And God won't uh, judge us how many times we fell, but how many times we didn't rise with him again through repentance. Comparing freedom and slavery of sin we see the following. And having been set free from sin, you have became or you became slaves of righteousness. To become slaves of righteousness, slaves of Christ. So 
I would like to ask myself today, am I a slave of sin or Christ? And now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. So freedom from sin will lead me to everlasting life. Because if I'm bound here on earth, I'll be attached to earth. I'll stay in the earthly world. But if I'm free, I'll start to go up and ascend gradually to be with Christ. This happens every day, but step by step. I decide every single day, do I want to stay on earth? Because Christ will come at, on judgment day and ask me, what was your preference, earth or heaven? If I tell him heaven, and I show him my deeds and show him my decisions and my choices, he will tell me, indeed, you are qualified, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. But if all my works and my decisions were towards the earthly life, he will tell me, I'm sorry, there's no place. But the good news is, the desire of God's heart that we all be with him, so he's trying his best to help us out every single day to take us to heaven. Even if we fall, he is trying to help us. He's trying to provide us with the means of grace and help to take us to his kingdom. So you know what? What happened today with Levi? Actually, Levi didn't go to Christ to ask him to follow him. Christ is the one who went to him and told him, follow me. He wanted him to be a disciple and to be a follower of Christ. So when we think about how Christ cared about the soul of that tax collector, definitely he cares about my soul and your soul. And he comes to me and you every single day. And he's telling us, follow me, follow me. By several ways, maybe through church, readings, sermons, maybe through circumstances and people who are talking to us and things that are happening in our lives. But at the end of the day, he is calling us to follow him. But we need to rise up, to show him by our works and our decisions that we really want to follow him because he doesn't want us to just tell him, we love you, we want to follow you, just words. He wants to see actions. So. Levi, leaving all, this was what's happening in his heart. But he showed Christ that he really wants to follow him when he rose up. He left the tax office, he left his money, and he left everything. And finally, he followed him. The word followed him means that wherever Christ was going, Levi was following him. He saw his miracles, he heard his teachings, and he took all those things with him so he might go and tell people about the Lord. So he tasted the love of God in order to have others to taste the love of Christ. So we learn from him today that we need to walk. It's not just the decision. The moment we take the decision, this is maybe we are emotional and we want to follow God and once we leave church or once something else happens, we just forget about it. 
So this shows the consistency of following the Lord. As the Bible is telling us, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked to walk. So continuously walking as he walked. When Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to me or no one comes to the Father except through me. He showed us that he is the way to teach us the Christian conduct, how to live in this world. He is the truth, the knowledge of the true God, and life because he's leading us to eternal life. So looking at Christ being our role model or example will help us every day to know what to do in this life. And the church, out of its wisdom, the church gave us examples. So when, when we look around us and we see the icons of the saints, we understand that those saints lived here before us and went through what we're going through. They were called saints not because of extraordinary things that they did, but because they were serious about their spirituality and serious about their eternity. So they thought about God and they fought the good fight and they were crowned with the heavenly crown at the end. So looking at them and asking them, what did you do? How this happened? They will say, because we left all, we rose up and we followed him. Um, when we think about the cloud of witnesses, those saints who are surrounding us, we remember the words of the Bible. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. So when we look at the icons of the saints, we can lay aside those sins because those sins are ensnaring us trapping us so looking at those things whether they started and they ended their life in a good way we see a very good example and also there are other scenes and other stories that show us that people who started their life in a very bad way they were evil people but by the grace of god they were able to turn to holiness and righteousness and following the Lord. And let us run with endurance. So he's saying here to run, taking it seriously, with endurance. So we need to do it day by day. The race that is set before us. This is a race. It's a race. To heaven, to go to God, it's a race. We need to run. We need to run with endurance. And if I feel that you know i'm tired i'm frustrated it's so long every single day is the same thing i fall into the same sins let me look around to the clouds of witnesses and to look to christ the author and finisher of our faith this is what the verse is saying so we look at christ the author and the finisher of our race and the scenes are in the middle and we are running. Yes, they went to heaven in the victorious church. Now we are in the striving church. We look at them, learn from them, try to rise with them so we can reach Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. I'd like to conclude uh, my talk with the words of St. Clement of Alexandria when he said, 
one truly follows the Savior by aiming at sinlessness and his perfection, adorning and fashioning the soul in front of the mirror of his holiness and arranging everything to be like him. So looking at Christ and his life as if I'm looking in the mirror and I see myself, am I like him or not? I need to follow him in order to be like him. Every day I take a step forward and follow his steps, I become like him and look at the mirror and see, oh, not yet. I need to do more and more. So he's not expecting me to be perfect. He's not expecting me to be 100% holy and pure from the first attempt. But he will be very happy to see me taking steps and to see me eager to be like him. This feeling by itself is appreciated and valued by God because once he sees someone who is eager about his eternal life and serious about being in heaven with him, he will help him through the work of the Holy Spirit and glory be to God forever. Amen.